Okay, we're starting. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh Anas. Alaikum assalam, rahmatullahi, Dr. Salman. How are you? Alhamdulillah, well, uh, how are you? Alhamdulillah, Jum'ah Mubarak, alhamdulillah. Jum'ah Mubarak, Jum'ah Mubarak. I guess my first question is, um, I mean, yes. we're reacting to the ICG ruling. ICJ. Um, ICJ ruling that yes. came out just a few hours ago. So oh. uh, naturally, my first question is, um, do you condemn Hamas? <laughs> <laughs> Love just kidding. <laughs> Help us make sense of it, Sheikh. So, um, what 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 has happened? And uh, uh, let, let's just start with that. What what did the what did the ruling contain that our our audience should know about? Okay, I mean the first thing to to, to cite. I mean there were many people saying, oh, "What's uh, the ruling going to decide today? And will mm. they accept uh, the South African case?" Today wasn't that day, and Allahu alam whether we're going to see that day happen in the next few years, probably up to 10 years maybe it'll take if mm. you recall um the uh, the international uh, tribunal on uh, srebrenica on on Yugos, on the former yugoslavia for instance that came to fruition years and years probably over a decade after mm. the mm. crimes committed and um, and that was when and, and many people died uh, you know either being held in prison or on the way for instance before a judgment was made so uh, so that particular day, inshallah, will happen, but in, in a few years' time. Now, I'm going to come back to that because that's significant. So that but would today, be the, the, the trial on the merits, so to speak. Yes, on yeah. whether the case brought by South Africa against Israel for committing genocide is going to be deemed either yes or otherwise. Okay, yeah. I'll speak to that later. However, with that case, with that case being brought by the South Africans, there was a document regarding provisional measures yeah. now those provisional measures let me give you an example if we had a court case today of someone who was accusing someone uh, let's say a former spouse of stalking them mm. okay so the court might take months That's quite a specific example well, i listen i'm saying <laughs> I nothing, I'm saying, nothing <laughs> I'm saying nothing but let's say that happened now yeah. the case itself might be uh, come to fruition and the sentence passed in several months time but what would be deemed as a provisional measure is that for instance the accused stalker regardless of whether there's a sentence against him or her or not mm. they may not come near for instance the 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 other the the yeah. claimant um or for instance if someone is accused of something now they might be absolutely innocent but yeah. the court will immediately say that they surrender their passport okay and they have to do that in order to um to avoid the risk of flight now yeah. in this particular case south africa presented nine points which uh, present or which uh, constitute the procedural measures and they essentially they are about allowing aid into Gaza, about avoiding the um, uh, targeting civilian installations about avoiding killing civilians in, in, uh, including children and the such now this is something that the if the court was decided upon hmm. is binding there is no appeal it has to happen okay um and on the, so, so the court was sitting to decide on these cases. Now, what is important today was that the very opening statement by the judge was in order to assert whether the case was valid, the technical point of view, or not. Because had the, the court said, you know, we've looked at the case and it seems 
it's not our business. It's not our jurisdiction. Or that the case lacks certain elements and it doesn't fulfill the requirements mm. that be presented to the ICJ. Yani, there's no point um, spending the next several years. Absolutely. It's thrown out. Mm. Mm. However, the statement was the court found that the case had merit. The case fulfilled the, the conditions of plausibility, meaning mm. that what the South Africans had alleged the Israelis had done was, mm. in a way, acceptable. It wasn't beyond reason. Yeah. Had, for instance, the South Africans, let's just give a hypothetical, uh, let's say the South Africans said, we accuse the Israelis of being, I don't know, aliens who landed from Mars the court would find that that is implausible and therefore throw out the entire case. However, the allegations made by the South Africans against the Israelis, the court found were plausible. And that is absolutely perfect. The other yeah. thing is that from the technical point of view, South Africa, the South African legal team had absolutely fulfilled and achieved the threshold required for the case to be presented to the ICJ. And that in itself is an mm. incredible feat, isn't it? Because one thing that I personally feared was that the court was going to throw out the case on a point of technicality, yeah. that you haven't fulfilled this, you haven't fulfilled <laughs> that. Maybe you, you presented something that is outside our jurisdiction and so on and so forth. But for the court to find in favor of the case technically, I believe is, is an absolute uh, fantastic thing. So coming to the judgment itself, I would suggest that this wasn't the knockout blow that we all had hoped for, meaning that the court went point by point and said, yes, 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 yes. Maybe that didn't happen in that particular way. But I feel that it was an over 75, probably 80 percent of what the South Africans have put forward, the, the court agreed to. Mm. And that is absolutely brilliant. So in terms of the findings, I think that the South Africans won this particular case, and particularly that only two of the judges uh, objected at the end. The overwhelming majority agreed, and that is some, uh, saying something. And the, the judges were? Well, uh, there was a judge from Uganda. Um, no idea why. <laughs> and again, like I said, always, always it's Uganda for some reason. But because, because, uh, well, let's, let, you know, it wasn't Rwanda for, for, for yeah. one time. But anyway, um, it, there's because of the complexities of these cases. And by the way, the Israelis constantly rely on the complexity and sophistication of mm. a particular case to say, oh, this is too complex. We can't find. So we'll just ignore it. Mm. So this time round, that didn't happen. And that's a great, great thing. Alhamdulillah. So what were the things that we, would you say weren't in the favor of the South Africans? Well, case? I mean, I'll tell you what. I mean, this is a point of contention. I'm having this uh, this uh, back and fro with with a number of, uh, of followers on, on, on Twitter or X uh, right now. And that mm -hmm. is there wasn't a call for a ceasefire. OK, mm -hmm. uh, now this is a technical point and it could be a technicality which uh, the Israelis or the Israeli lobby within the courts try to uh, try to utilize or uh, use to its advantage. Mm. The a ceasefire is called when there is a conflict, when there is a war. But when you have a genocide, which is the allegation made by the South Africans, oh, then you, okay. you order the cessation of genocidal acts. 
And mm. I believe that was done. Oh, I see. But it's a yeah. technical point. So people will mm. say, well, they didn't call for a ceasefire. But the thing is, a ceasefire technically falls within the remit of a conflict between two armies. You call for a ceasefire. Mm. In this case, it's not a, a war. It's a genocide. Mm. And therefore, you call for the cessation of genocidal acts, specifically the targeting of civilians. Yeah. Which which they which they did state in in several of did. the rulings. Which they did. I'm, I'm yeah. personally personally I'm extremely happy in in, in the overall outcome. Alhamdulillah. 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 Um, a lot of people are uh, having this 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 question, which is is what whatever they rule binding? I mean, does Israel have oh, yes. to listen Absolutely. to what they say? Absolutely. As a signatory to uh, the ICJ, it couldn't stand. Mm -hmm. Uh, to uh, to reject. I mean, this is something that the court says, and everyone has to abide by. Um, so yes, the, these provisions. It's not like a recommendation or something. It's no, it's no, no, actually... no, no, no. This is this is absolutely binding. Now, there are certain terms that the Israelis will wish to sort of push back and uh, challenge and uh, speak mm. against and the such. But ultimately speaking, the signatories of the ICJ they have to abide by the provisional measures uh, outlined. Now, can I just say something? Because at the, at the beginning I said that the case itself, which we're waiting now, Allah, yeah. whether we're going to be alive or not, when it comes out. But I was asked several times since the case was, uh, was heard uh, about my impression and what I think will happen. Mm. There are two things that need to be said. The very first is the spectacle, Akhi Salman, the spectacle, yeah of a legal team, the calibre of which we saw mm. in the South African legal team, present a document, in my estimation, and I've seen now for decades, numerous documents presented to the UN and the Arab League and the OIC and so on and so forth. This by far is one of the best legal documents and cases brought uh, to an international agency. It is brilliant. 80 pages or so of, uh, of a catalogue of the crimes committed by the Israelis against the Palestinians, which were, which were presented over the course of eight hours on live TV to billions of people around the world for the very first time unchallenged mm. unchallenged we're not talking about someone saying something you know good or valid or the such in a quick meeting or interview or the such yeah. eight hours uninterrupted speaking point by point by point in an extremely brilliant language and structure about the crimes against Israel this has never it happened was, it was historic it was historic this was, this has never happened before and the mere and by the way the fact that today that case was seen as plausible, meaning it's acceptable to the court, mm. means no one, no one, not the UK government, not the American government, not even Israel, can ever accuse anyone who criticizes Israel and accuses it of genocide of being anti-Semitic. Mm. This is extremely important. Khalas, it's done. The court, the ICJ, which is part of the UN has deemed that this these accusations are plausible, meaning it's open season now. We can yeah. speak to our heart's content, <clears throat> and as much as our energy gives, 
against Israel, and no one can Amen. come back and accuse us of being anti-Semitic. That is something which I believe is absolutely historic. Now, that's one thing. The other thing is, which I've I've now absolutely forgotten. But what I what what what? No, no, I've I've remembered. Yes, The very important point now. We have this document, and until that final judgment comes, Allahu alam one. We can dissect it. We mm. can partition it. We can compartmentalize it. We can do with it whatever we may. We can create poems and poetry. We can write about it. We can do research papers on it. We can do seminars about it. We yeah. can do films and TV shows on it. We can. Do, we have a document there that is a legal, internationally recognized document, which we can absolutely do whatever we wish with we until must. that judgment comes. And therefore, and therefore, ultimately, in all honesty, I don't care what the final judgment will be. Mm. I don't care. I'm not worried. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not concerned about the wording, whether it's going to be wishy-washy, whether it's, it's going to be somewhere in between, whether it's, it's going to be good or bad. I don't care. We have an opportunity now, Allah sent, that we can absolutely use oh, no. to mm. the hilt to do whatever we can, whatever we may, whatever we dream of, in order to bring, to expose mm. the crimes committed by the Israelis uh, in Gaza and uh, in all of Palestine. So it, it's it's now binding the ruling, the cessation of genocidal activities, as, as, as you put it, or maybe in different words that the court put it. It's binding on Israel now. What happens if they refuse and they just carry on what, what they've been doing? They're not going to refuse. What they're going to do is they're going to say, listen, the court said, in as much as mm. within its powers or, you know, to the maximum of its ability. And that is a legal phrase. It means it has to stop. But obviously, these rays will come back and say, well, we did this and um, it was beyond our capability to say, mm. to say no. This, let's, let's, be, let's be clear. We haven't now, uh, we haven't reached a point where the entire world will prevent Israel from, from continuing to commit the crimes. Unfortunately, we wish we could. But we have taken several steps ahead in the progress of this struggle for justice and for a resolution of mm. the calamity that is before our, our Palestinian brothers and sisters. Mm. But we get a lot of questions uh, about um, what are the implications now? So you mentioned a few of them. We have this document, um, 83 pages, scholarly, legal, that has been pretty much rubber stamped by the highest court in the world as having merit, uh, being worthy of taking serious, being taken seriously. So many things we need to do with that, and it's a duty on us, the artist among us, the the writers among us, the academics among us, whatever your you know um, field is, find some way to shed more and more light uh, on the atrocities that are happening using this document for example um, what 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 else would you say are the, are the other implications well the first thing is this won't stop the atrocities committed by the Israelis today mm -hmm. and I think that we are in the phase of trying to reach an agreement on a long-term ceasefire whether it's going to be for a month or more or less mm -hmm. or permanent or the such 
And there are certain terms being discussed right now and negotiated, such as, for instance, uh, the Israelis want every single one of the hostages. Hamas is saying that uh, every Israeli hostage for 100 Palestinians. Uh, Hamas is also dictating that um, it must be a permanent ceasefire. The Israelis are refusing this particular point. So I think that over the course of the next few days, whilst the crimes, the genocide committed against the Palestinians will continue, what we're going to see are two things. The first is an increase in diplomatic um, shuttling, let's say, between the Americans, the Brits, the Europeans, as well as the Arabs, and the Palestinians um, in order to bring an agreement. Um, and then we will find, inshallah, a greater impetus from the activist mm. side, from the pro-Palestinian campaign around the world, um, in order to utilize not only the document, the legal case brought by the South Africans, but also the judgment made regarding the provisional measures by the ICJ. I think that we're going to see an intensity and mm. probably, hopefully, more focus in terms of those two things. Now, here in the UK, we obviously have a third uh, uh, thing that we need to concentrate on, and that is the, our political status. We can't carry on. We cannot carry on um, having politicians in power or incumbent potentially coming to power, such as Labour, who have taken such an inhumane, immoral, now hopefully illegal stand in regards with what's happening. We cannot have people who have encouraged war crimes yeah. to be committed to be anywhere near positions of power in our country. Unfortunately, it's not that easy, but what we need to do now is to go out, speak to not only our families, our communities, our brothers and sisters, but also to our neighbors, those who we work with and the such, and tell them, how on earth could you entrust your health system, your transport system, your education system, your country, your future, your taxes in the hands of people who could not, who could not, for the life of them, identify a war crime as it unfolded before their very eyes? How on earth could these people decide our futures, decide the futures of our children who did not have the morality to call upon Israel to stop killing children in, in Gaza. I think that we have that third mm. uh, element to look forward to over the course of the next few weeks and months. Uh, what, and inshallah, what things, we, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. What things um, from this judgment in particular allows us to do that even more? So, I mean, when the... In the future, however many years it takes, the, the 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 ruling on the merits of whether or not they were guilty of, of actually committing genocide, when that comes out, oh, that's going to be obviously clear that now there, there are concrete steps that it, it has been determined to be genocide. But right now, I'm looking at implications for us in the UK, for example, as, as Muslims in the UK, or even non-Muslims that are pro-Palestine, what can we use specifically from this uh, judgment with regards to holding our politicians to account and, and what you just said about um, incumbents? Uh, the first thing is that speak of an act of genocide out loud, clearly, and without any kind of fear of any kind of intimidation, either politically or legally or mm -hmm. otherwise. If mm -hmm. anyone makes the tremendous mistake of appearing on a show such as that of Piers Morgan, for instance, <laughs> and they are accused of using uh, inflammatory language, they should point to the ICJ and its ruling. So yeah. we are now 
we are now, we have done away, alhamdulillah, with the shackles of being accused mm. of being anti-Semites or of being using inflammatory language or controversial language such as that of genocide and the war crimes and, and the like. We are now away of that. So we need to be louder. We need to be more focused. We need to be, um, we need to be clearer about yeah. that this is something that impacts us. You know, there will be a time, uh, Salman, there will be a time when our politicians will come and say, listen, uh, Gaza and everything that's happening, it's horrible, but it's over there. Now we need to focus on, uh, you know, our country. Well, you know what? Palestine might be uh, a couple of thousand miles away. Gaza might mm. be a couple of thousand, thousands of miles away. But the politicians over here have demonstrated that they have no right whatsoever to be entrusted to the future of our country. And that's something that I think we should do better. I think we should celebrate what South Africa did on behalf of the entire world. And I was just saying so the other day that um, one of the things we can thank Netanyahu for is he's shown us um, a certain you know figures within our own political classes that we can now clean up, so to speak. You know, um, we got we are got rid of Suella. Uh, so many other people are getting uh, attacked now. Um, uh, you, know, you know, you know, Salman. I I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that the world today, the world, stands uh, in two lines. The first is the vast majority of the global nations, probably over 75%, maybe even more than 80% of the world would stand, see, the, see what they're seeing and identify truth, know what truth is, know what a crime being committed mm -hmm. is, know who the victims are. And another line, which is far, far, far shorter, uh, constitutes maybe 15 to 20% at most, at best, of the world that is on the wrong side of history. That is something that we need to keep talking about. And I don't care who stands in this line, the first or the second. I don't care about their faith, their religion, their identity, their ideology, their language or the such. There are plenty of Muslims who carry the names of Muhammad and Abdullah and Ali who stand on the wrong side of history. Mm. They, to me, are as bad as Netanyahu and his ilk and his criminal ilk. They are as bad. Mm. So we need to identify now where the lines are drawn. And mm. next time we are asked to cast our votes, to show our support, Gaza must be extremely high on the mm. list of why we decide to vote for one person and not for another. Maybe Gaza won't be one of the issues of the next general election, but the morality that people show, showed during Gaza I think is extremely relevant to the decisions we make come mm. the general elections. It shows us who's really motivated by some kind of notion of objective reality of what is right and wrong, and who's motivated by, unfortunately, what is prevalent in the ruling classes, which is you're either our friend or our foe. If you're our friend, then we'll you know defend you if you're committing genocide. We'll do anything. Yeah. If you're our foe, then we'll you know utilize any means at our disposal to you know, destroy you, to inhibit your ability to speak, to... Uh, and, and I think the world and, is... And this, and this yeah. is, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is one of the worst traits of jahiliya, yeah. of ignorance, of absolute regression, that I defend my brother regardless of right or wrong. That's, that, is, that is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. We are portrayers 
and we are purveyors of justice. We are purveyors of truth. And mm. we must never, ever divert. I don't care if the person who has done wrong happens to be a Muslim, happens to share my ethnicity, happens to share my language. I do not care. A victim is a victim. And an aggressor and an, an oppressor mm. is a, an aggressor and oppressor regardless of their faith and regardless of their language. That's something, if we come to that, I think that we could be a, we will be able to a judge who is worthy of sitting in positions of power and who is not far far better. Mm. So, so that's one of the key kind of messages from this ruling. It, it, you know, when they come cap in hand for our votes and our masajid in our communities and our, uh, you know, uh, they we need to hold their, them to account and punish those who have you know have displayed this abhorrent. Uh, you know, and and um, you, know, you know, Salman, Salman, once again, I'm interrupting too much. Uh, today, no, 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 go ahead. Uh, Akhi, yeah, I was approached by some very close friends and some dear, dear brothers uh, in a recent trip that I did a le lecturing tour. And mm. one of them said to me that they are, they work, uh, they have been working now with BAE systems, mm, who we know are some of the suppliers of weapons to Israel. I said to him what he needs to do, and also his co-workers, is to order an emergency meeting with their management and ask them a simple question. If the ICJ deems that Israel, using our weapons, has been committing genocide and war crimes, will we be complicit legally Will we mm. be complicit in those? We need to start asking those questions of people. It doesn't matter now. I don't care about who runs, who owns <clears throat> this company or that. Wow. We now need to be accountable, every single one of us. Because if Israel is found, and inshallah it is found, to be committed and to have committed war crimes, it means that we, the United Kingdom, have supplied Israel with weapons in order to carry out those war, war crimes. It means that the industries that made these weapons, the data analysts, the accountants, the doormen and women, the janitors, including the engineers, are all complicit in this yeah. particular crime. We need to start saying these things so that people take notice, so that people don't all of a sudden feign shock and horror. They didn't know. We all know. I was we just following know. orders. No, no, we can't. We can't have that anymore. <laughs> so it must be made absolutely clear that we, Rishi Sunak, Keir Starmer, David Cameron, countless other cabinet members and shadow cabinet members, politicians and members of parliament, must mm. all be on notice <clears throat> that they might have, in my estimation, they have indeed, but legally, according to the ICJ, they might have been supporters and encouragers and fans for an act of genocide and war crimes being committed yeah. and therefore they must take notice and, you know, and I, also I, if i if i may finish uh, with with a point salman and then i'll, yeah. I'll i swear i'll i'll stay no 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 go ahead Bismillah. salman people now are truly uh, you know i'm a politician uh, i'm a political analyst a commentator i'm a trainer in media and various other issues but I am getting, I wouldn't be exaggerating if I say three, four, five calls a week from people interested in learning more about Islam. Mm. I don't put, yeah, mm. I don't 
you know, put forward myself as a sheikh or an imam or a da'ya or the such. But people are calling me and saying, how can I read about Islam? How can I find out about this thing? How can I get a copy of the Quran? Every single week, several calls I'm getting. Now, that tells me, that tells me that we have an incredible opportunity mm. to make what we all call da'wah. That kind of invitation, that kind of promotion of what Islam and Islamic values actually mean. What, how a political case such as Palestine is so important and integral to our faith and our rituals and our acts of worship and our prayers and our relations with all of those out there who happen not to be Muslims. We need to utilize this particular moment. We need to make the most of this particular moment to introduce people to religion that they were told for generations mm. is evil, is backward, is regressive, is oppressive to women, is oppressive to minorities, is, is, is. But all of a sudden, through the eyes of Gaza, they're finding it are all lies and that the truth is something else. This is an opportunity we mustn't miss at all. Allah Akbar. So, you know, as you've been talking and also before, whenever people, I hear people talking about consequence of this judgment and even before that, I've been kind of making a, a running list in my mind of what other potential campaigns that can come out off the back of what's happening. So you've been mentioning a few of them, um, just kind of off the cuff, like BAE systems. So could, there could be campaigns for... Um, maybe starting off some kind of criminal proceedings uh, based on the, the current ICJ ruling, could there be some kind of uh, argument for beginning some types of um, preliminary criminal proceedings against certain defense companies, so-called defense companies, against some of their executives, against UK politicians, you know, who have been complicit. Uh, I think Tayyip Ali was, was, had, had started something yes. from Bindman's. Um, does the ruling that's come out today, does that help us in that regard? So can that kind of open the floodgates, so to speak, and just make certain companies and executives and, and CEOs, make them um, reconsider their relationship with the Zionist entity out of just fear of potential risk and, 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 and change the kind of the dynamics and the risk profile, even when, when in terms of kind of global capitalism now, change the kind of risk profile when it comes to um, companies dealing with Israel because of this because of this judgment today? From the strict legal point of view, you'll need a, a lawyer. But mm -hmm. I would suggest that today's rulings on the provisional measures, they open several doors for us, including now as, as activists, as campaigners, as, mm -hmm. as society, community leaders, I think it's imperative now that we start putting people on notice. It's, you know, the fact that you could be supporting an entity that will go down in history as having committed an act of genocide mm. is something which is extremely serious. And I'm pretty sure that there are many, many, many employees amongst BAE system within, I don't know, Starbucks or McDonald's or Nike or whatever corporations out there that provide support and are fully backing the Israelis that don't want you know, their, their efforts to be used in order to harm or target other human beings. But they mm. need to be spoken to. They need to be put on notice that actually you are working for a corporation that is supporting 
an act of genocide and that is extremely serious yeah. is extremely serious now i understand i understand that people will be fearful for their jobs for their livelihoods but that means that we must pile even more pressure on our government to be, to act morally to act in line with international law to act in line with the values that we truly believe in and not just those that they proclaim for as buzzwords for for, for election campaigns that and and by the way if ultimately my working for a corporation that supports the the israelis in their actions of of of, of war crimes if if that job is if i'm going to lose that job you know what so be it because mm. because you know because in gaza we know that 25000 people or more have lost their lives as a result of the actions of the israelis so me losing my job i'm sorry but that's a very small price to pay to be then deemed to have taken the right side of history when history comes to to take account and to reckon with each and every one of us Mm-hmm. What about when it comes to returning uh, IDF fighters, for example? Is there some kind of legal, um, you know, uh, fund or challenge or, or precedent we can we can set when it comes to those those people returning? My understanding, and you mentioned Tayyip Ali, he's heading the ICJP, the International Council for Justice for Palestinians, um, uh, and I I understand that that's something that they're looking into. I believe that today's ruling it gives added impetus to mm. that particular investigation i think that we as british citizens as members of a community who for decades now has been accused of sending off its own to join <coughs> you know foreign fighters of whatever ilk ideological ethnic religious fanatic crazed whatever they are mm. and we have been suffering as a result of this we have been pushed to investigate our own to search the very corners every single inch of our own mosques to yeah. check our libraries for whatever pamphlet or book or page or word that might be within those books we have suffered that and it's about time that others took a similar not that this was necessarily correct but until we reach a time where we are ruled with justice we need to all be dealt fairly so i'd like to see those who take up arms not just to go and visit and spend the weekend camping but to take up arms and to go into palestinian territories occupied territories including gaza mm. and to be ready to commit acts of murder against a civilian population and then come back and then what stand as cashier in tesco or drive my local bus or the such i'm sorry i'm not having yeah. it i'm not having it these people are a true threat to our security particularly that you know one thing that i was often accused uh, accused of and alhamdulillah it seems that people gave up and decided exactly where i stand on the accusation i was often accused of being uh, of, of dual loyalty of being well half uh, I was asked the question live on air many years ago whether my loyalty was with Her Majesty the Queen or with the Holy Quran. And, you know, I, it, it was a shocking question because you don't know where to start in order to, to dissect the question itself. But listen, these people clearly have a dual loyalty. In fact, 
I would even question whether they have a dual loyalty because it seems that their loyalty absolutely lies with Israel mm. and not with Britain. Some so of them are politicians. There we go. <laughs> and some of them, and some of them, and this is absolutely extraordinary, on their vacations or on their time off, they are held in order to address young Jewish boys and girls mm. in order to tell them about the, the, the glories of serving in the IDF the glories of fighting on the front line, how they're defending the homeland. And they're instilling these ideas mm. in the minds of young people, sometimes vulnerable, young Jewish boys and girls. That is something that is absolutely despicable. It's abhorrent and it's carried out by so-called charities. So yeah. it's something that we must absolutely look into. I believe that today, after the ruling on provisional measures, we have to. We have to, and we're allowed to speak out louder, clearer, and with absolutely no fear whatsoever. Yeah. So I know I know you're a bit tight for time, but I wanted to just throw in a bit of a controversial question as well, uh, and that is, as a result of this judgment, and maybe judgments to come in the future, do you do you foresee um, any um, uh, possible outcome, any future where the Palestinians are be are able to illegally uh, armed by the rest of the world to help defend themselves? I personally hope, uh, Brother Salman, I personally hope that it won't come to that. I personally hope that it will, um, that the entire world will stand by the Palestinians and will absolutely declare the Zionist project over and done. Mm -hmm. um, I hope that we will come to a particular point of time where the idea, the Zionist idea, is no longer sustainable. It's no longer viable. It, it mm. no longer has a place. We're seeing, the, we're seeing the first signs of that already happen. But it needs to happen to a degree where then there's a tilting point and the idea of Zionism, the idea of the State of Israel is over and done with. And we can return to that particular area Mm. where people of various faiths, including Jews, by the way, including Jews, of whatever ethnicities, of whatever mm. ideologies, can live together peacefully under a state of rule that we call democratic, but I hope something even better than the kind of democracy that we see here in our country or in the United States, for instance, and a state of harmony and a state of unity of cause and that cause is justice and humanity mm. i am a, a firm believer we don't need to arm the palestinians to the by the way we saw what the palestinians did without arms they have achieved an incredible victory on the level of law as we've seen today of politics of media of public opinion yeah like we've never seen before they don't need arms. They don't need arms. What they do need is the world to see humanity and to see justice for what they really are. And to find that Israel has been and continues to commit crimes with the world watching tacitly and approving in a way either overtly or covertly. Once mm. this ends, inshallah, inshallah, we'll arrive at the goal that we all pursue. Inshallah, inshallah. inshallah. Um, I know you have to leave now, so I'll uh, I'll let you 
I'll let you go, inshallah. Uh, there's there's so much more I could uh, we could speak about, but uh, I don't. I, I know lots of other people are trying to uh, take your time today as well. So uh, maybe next time we can have a, a kind of a, a sit down discussion as well a bit about the about this future that you're describing. Uh, so Jazakallah Khairan, Sheikh Anas, for joining us. It's uh, Dr. Anas Akriti, CEO and founder of the Cordoba Foundation. Uh, Zakna Khairan for joining us um, all the way from wherever you are. And Zakna Khairan, brothers and sisters, uh, to you at home or wherever you are for watching. This has been a, an, a special Empowered by Islam 21C episode. We try to do this live because we're reacting to uh, the ICJ ruling that's come out uh, just this morning, this afternoon. If you like this podcast, give a like and a share. Subscribe wherever you're watching it. And that's it for me. Zakna Khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.